0: Welcome to Pain on Politics, a podcast where host Dr. Gregory Payne of Emerson College sits down with fellow experts to discuss the current state of politics, public opinion, and global affairs. In a world growing increasingly complex, communication and critical thinking is key. This only makes the Emerson motto, expression necessary to evolution, more true.
1: Hello, this is Gregory Payne. I'm chair of communication studies, the first communication department and in the country at Emerson College and also the co-director of the Emerson Blank Herna Global Center. We're here for the 34th IABD Conference, the International Academy of Business Disciplines in beautiful New Orleans, here with a colleague a dear friend and president, Paul Fidel. Paul, welcome to Pain on Politics. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you very much. Listen, we we just finished what I think was a great, great conference, and this was the first time in a couple of years we've been in person, and I know that's what you prefer. So tell me, what was it like to see everybody congregate again? We just had lunch, and we just had an incredible time. Ah, gosh.
0: Amazing, phenomenal, I I can't put it into words. When When you have been to as many conferences as a lot of our members are, because they keep coming back, the ability to see everybody in 3D And what was interesting and different is, even though we've had conferences every year during the pandemic, we never had, there's something about being face-to-face where you feel more natural catching up. You feel more natural talking to people about what's going on. And it felt like the time was so short this year because we're catching up on four years of what's been happening as opposed to just one year. So we've had, um, unfortunately, um, some people who've passed on. Unfortunately, some people um, who've been diagnosed with different illnesses. Uh, Some people who've brought new life into this world and have had babies. And it just felt really wonderful to catch up on that level
1: because that's what this conference is about. It's about the people, the relationships, and the friendships. You know, Paul, that's something that I've always valued, having come for many years. Uh, When you think about it, though, all of us go to bigger conferences. You do a lot of business conferences. I do communication, international, NCA, those types of things. What is it about IABD, though, that people say, I really want to make sure I get there? I I know it's relationships, but I have to say, your presidency is one where we have our board meetings, but then the next day we have an event which brings people together. And even though you might... Now realize that we talked a lot about gastro diplomacy. You're a big believer in bringing people around food, and I think conversation. Tell us a little about the Paul Fidel leadership stuff.
0: You know, well, so, as far as I mean, how much time do you have? I, I, I don't know if we, it's it's passion, we I know. We, it's we, we, I don't know if we have enough time. Really, what makes this place different are the relationships, the collegiality, uh, the commitment of the members. We all go to different conferences, but ironically, we all come back to this one year in and year out. One of the beauties of IABD is that it was founded on the value of discussion, Uh, pro-gun, anti-gun, Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, things that we don't talk about anymore, Uh, Christian, Muslim, all those taboo topics we discuss here. And we might be on different ends of the spectrum, but at the end of every discussion, we learn a little bit, we get up, we hug, and we look forward to seeing each other next year. Because no matter what goes on in this crazy world of ours, for most of us, IABD has been a constant. And and I think that's the strongest thing. When I first started here, it was about all the tangible things that IABD could give me. Uh, Would it give me publishing opportunities? Yes. Lots uh, would it give me leadership opportunities. Yes, lots. Uh, ability for service in the profession. Yes, lots. And and when I moved universities and I went to a new one and started over as an assistant professor, and a lot of people don't know that I, I went from um, assistant to full at my first university, and I was the fastest professor to get to
1: full. That's not surprising. Yeah well, thank, thank yes. you. But, Congratulations.
0: But. I saw a better opportunity at a different university that my current one couldn't give me through international and an international program I could grow. And the only way they would hire me is as an assistant professor. Yes. And the one thing that gave me confidence in throwing away tenure, so throwing you
1: stood away that. So back, back.
0: all the way back to assistant, yes. threw away tenure, threw away status. I even had an internship to be um, associate vice president of research at that university and gave that up to go to a new one, and the one constant that I thought was, I know I can use and, 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 and be a part of IABD to get the full professor again. You know, now that I'm an endowed full professor, my views have changed, and I almost feel a little ashamed about looking at it that way. Now that I'm doing what I want to do instead of what I have to do, I look at IABD for the people, for the relationships, for the bonds, for the ability to give back and the chance to mentor young students and professors uh, the way that I was not at times. And I think that openness and that ability to really mentor and have those strong relationships is what makes us different. So if I could sum it up in one word, people. people. Our people have been coming back here for 15, 20 years. You know, I'm on this podcast because of you, but and Greg, and you've been here for how many years? A long time, yes. A, a long time. A long, a yeah, long time. I mean, as you
1: know, my mother and sister used to come with me. Of course, they passed away, but we remember them thanks to you with the award that's coming up tonight. And um, I joined in 1992.
0: Yes. And I have missed, since then, a year 2007 that was the year my daughter was born yes she was born the same exact time in fact whenever IABD happens to fall on her birthday I bring them and we celebrate her birthday here that's how important this conference is to me and to a lot of the people who come here
1: well I think as you said it's, it's people I think it's also caring um, my mother uh, as you know Zuline, who was a Uh, Special uh, education teacher, but then she had some dementia. She used to always love when we would bring her here, and she would sit and she would smile. And even though she had trouble uh, chatting at times, this was very special. And I think that it's that uh, that web of concern and excitement, and just genuine authenticity that you've been able to continue. One thing I would like to ask you, though, is. When we look at IBD, we come together, but now you've expanded it. In October, we're going to be reaching out and going across the Atlantic to a good friend, Enrique Ordejo. Can you tell us a little bit about what the plan is there? Sure. And
0: uh, before I, I get to there, I just want to say um, both your mother and sister always welcome additions. I think we're one of the few conferences where it's not just our people, but our families. Yes, as well. I, I routinely, like I said, bring my daughters here. Other people bring sons, wives, and they're always, you know, can they come to this? Can they come to that? Of, of course, we are we are open. Going um, towards the conference now in um, October. It's going to be October 5th, and it's going to be at EAE University in Barcelona. And what we're looking to do here is continue to expand to uh, across the Atlantic to Western Europe. We've had a couple conferences in years back, but the pandemic kind of put a full stop on everything. I think our last one was in Salamanca, Spain. Beautiful,
1: beautiful conference. Yes, it it, it really
0: was. And we will continue to explore these international opportunities and look to expand in any way we can. You know, we can't be international and only have domestic conferences. We can't be international and cross-cultural and only have Americans come here. If you look at our membership, we not only uh, talk the talk, we walk the walk. It's incredibly diverse. We've had people come from Germany, Isle of Man, Spain, Argentina, Brazil, Kosovo Kosovo, this year, year, exactly. You know, we, we have them come from all over. We truly are international, not just in our subject matter, but in our membership and in our mission. So uh, we're really excited about Barcelona. We're looking forward to it. And you know, if, you know, not everybody has the school that can fund going to Barcelona. And if you are one of those people but still want to participate, participate, there is an online option as well. And you will be able to present your papers online. And all papers presented will be considered for our WACSB journal.
1: Paul, one, one thing that I think also is characteristic of IABD, which is so much appreciated, especially uh, being in my second uh, stint as chair, is the ability for publications. And we have a variety of, of top-notch journals that are affiliated. Could you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, we
0: have um, we have the quarterly review of business disciplines, which is our flagship. And from that, if, if you have presented at IABD or you come to IABD, uh, you have kind of a first priority to go through the the double-blind review process to end up with a publication. There's also the Journal of International Business Disciplines that was created by um, our past president, Dr. Ahmad Tatumji, who's now the Dean at University of Tennessee at Martin. And uh, that is also a wonderful outlet for our members as well. We also have three or four other journals that are affiliated that are, you know, the board of director members are editors on, Journal of uh, Promotion Management, and a competitiveness journal, and another one that slips my mind. But we've got five or six journals that you have the opportunity to publish in, and you have the opportunity to meet the editor, talk to them about your work, and get some real good feedback from people who matter in the process, to help you get your papers published. And that's a big
1: thing. I think it is, and I know that we've had people that have really taken an important step in terms of tenure and promotion Mm -hmm. with those. One of the characteristics that I like so much about IABD is the fact that it's so student friendly. So we will bring, sometimes, Mm -hmm. a freshman, a sophomore, they come, they present, they get an idea. And I have to thank you for encouraging that type of nurture. From your perspective, how important is it to have students here? Incredibly so. And and actually,
0: Greg, let me thank you because you truly have been the leader in this area. Um, The students bring energy, they bring excitement, they bring um, opportunities for us to fill leadership positions in the future. And it is one of these things where a lot of these students that you have brought have gone on to become track chairs, have gone on to become officers and vice presidents here in the organization. I I think it's amazing and the students are a big part of what we do and we will continue to do. You know, um, I think it was uh, Bezos from Amazon who always used to keep an empty seat at every table. And when people said, you know, what's this for? He would say, this is for the customer. We need to know that they're represented here at the table. Well, IBD is kind of the same way with students. It is never far from our mind that While professors tend to wax on forever in philosophic terms, without the students, we would not have the ability to do what we do. And having the students right there in front of us really makes us remember why we got into this, what are we doing it for, and who benefits the most from everything that we do here at
1: IABD. Well, you know, Paul, I know we have a gala tonight. People are excited about that as we sort of say goodbye to New Orleans. Uh, but one thing I would like to point out is not only do you do such a great job as president, but I was very taken by the presentation that you that you shared with us. I heard parts of it before, but you're talking about politics and sports, how they've become almost interchangeable. Can you just give a little tidbit for those people watching? Yeah, um, so my area looks at culture. And not just
0: uh, different national cultures, but organizational cultures as well. And symbolism within the culture, and nobody really looks at sports in terms of being highly symbolic, and and able to really emit the nationalistic culture, the nationalism that countries can when you play sports for your flag versus playing sports just for yourself. I, I for example, I come from a tennis family, and. Um, I was born and raised in Jamaica, and there is the equivalent of what Americans would call the Davis Cup, where it's not uh, John McEnroe playing against Bjorn Borg, it is the United States against Sweden. And they had their own thing called the Brandon Trophy, which is the Caribbean and South America. And it's a whole different level of pressure when you're playing for your country, and the fans also kind of take to it a lot more. That powerful symbolism, that powerful national pride, is what I'm looking at in sports, and that same national pride that people have for their countries. Um, Honestly and truly, it is a wonderful thing, but as with everything in research, I believe that you need to look at all sides. And if it is manipulated, i.e. sports washing, we talked a little bit about the um, invasion of russia into ukraine not in 2022 in 2014 the one that everybody forgets and the reason we forget that is because right after the invasion took place here came the olympics in sochi yes and it just legitimized everything and legitimized um vladimir putin and made him feel human while at the same time he was you know giving weapons to those people in um in Ukraine to fight the Ukrainians, I, I think when you're looking at sports and politics, sports and symbolism, it, it, you can't not see the connection there. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody talks about the negative side of that. We're now just getting into sports washing, yeah, yes. which you know we've heard that cliche been thrown around, and. This is more than sports washing. This is actually manipulation through sport. So even though I'm a huge sport fan, at, at the end of the day, we have to understand what it is and how at times it can be used to accomplish the mission of some people who may not want really good things for this planet.
1: Well, you know, I think when you were bringing that up, I think the key is, of course, the critical thinking skills to realize that sometimes it's used to the, as a distraction, so yes. that you don't really think about what's going on. Yes. Paul, what I would like to say is, again, what I find to be so pleasing and inspirational is you are an incredible leader, but you re- remain very intent to take care of the smallest detail. So thanks again for another fabulous IABD conference in New Orleans, and I look forward to seeing you next year in... Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Viva IABD Thanksgiving, Mr. President. Thank you, Greg. You are one of
0: the main reasons IABD is as amazing as it is. Thank you for all your service that you've done
1: for IABD. Well, you're very kind. Thank you very much for being here in New Orleans, one of my favorite cities, and hope that you can hit past commonalities, as other people have, as we say goodbye from New Orleans, and that is Pain on Politics IABD 2023. Take care.